This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Hi, I'm your guest host today. My name is Stephanie Hanlon, and I'm with Right to Life McHenry County. My guest today is Mark Waters. He's the author of a new book entitled Signs from a Peculiar Institution. Mark, tell us a little bit about this great book. Well, thanks for having me. You know, it's a book that came about from, almost by accident, from going out to this kind of notorious abortion clinic in Rockford, the west side of Rockford. And this is like 2010 during Lent. And a group from my parish uh, mentioned the clinic and going out. And so I was all on board and went out. Uh, it was during 40 Days for Life, so there was a nice presence there. And I thought, you know, I'll go again on Good Friday. So I got up, went out on Good Friday again, and I thought, oh, great, I did a couple good deeds. And then I didn't think about it until the next Friday. I mean, I don't have, one thing to know is I don't have to actually go into work. I can work from home on Friday. So I like to sleep in, and somehow it was still pitch black. I woke up. I looked at the, the clock, and I noticed that it was the exact same time that I had set the clock for the week before. So without thinking much about it, I just kind of got up and got ready and went out to Rockford, and I started going every Friday since then and for the next two years. And I didn't go out there with much of an idea of what to do. I just thought, okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be a presence. But there were some real extreme things, strange things that I noticed, and so I, I thought I've got to write about some of these things. Well, I'm so glad you did, because when I read the book, I found it very interesting, and I think it gives a really interesting peek into the an area of the pro-life movement where some of us have been praying outside an abortion clinic, and other others of us have the intention to go, but even if you go, you don't quite get the perspective that you've had going there for two years. The people that you got to know and became kind of part of a family, the people who have been there for decades, faithfully going. You go there, you're watching women, you know, moms, dads, sometimes grandparents, sometimes people that you can't identify. They're going in to do potentially the worst thing they'll ever do in their life. It's tough. It's tough to watch this. It's it's tough to not get discouraged. And there's hostility from people driving by. There's hos- there, there are counter protesters who are there to mock you. Uh, there was a there was a uh, a man when <laughs> when I first started going, he came there with this sign for no other purpose than to parade the sign around that said "Condoms for Christ." Unbelievable. And so you know you're you're dealing with this, and the the man who owned the building was hired by the clinic who rented space in his building. He was hired to do security. He would come out with a camera and stand like right in your face and just like videotape you to harass you. Um, I I don't know what he was using the video for, nothing really beyond harassment, so it's difficult. But I remember when I, you're mostly praying, but there's a little time to start to meet people. And I remember talking to Mary Jane Steffen and Kevin Rylett. And I remember asking Kevin, like, hey, how long have you been coming here? Because Kevin seemed like he'd been kind of organizing things, and he brought signs, and he directed kind of some of the activities there. And he said he'd been coming there for 14 years. And when I talked to Mary Jane Steffen, who was this wonderful, wonderful woman who was like, who's my mom's age, she said she'd been coming to that place for 25 years, and that she'd been coming to abortion clinics to pray since 1973. 
since Roe v. Wade. And I, and I was kind of stunned by that. Anybody doing something this kind of grueling in some ways, Dedication. right? Very reward. Yeah, so dedicated and faithful and remarkable. They were just remarkable. You feel like you're in the presence of something. That kind of drew me in. This was not the ordinary faith. So I'm looking at this building and I'm seeing these these profane and obscene and vulgar signs. So the cover of the book includes some of these signs. Exorcism removes demons was one of the signs. And these are all scrawled by the landlord. The, the His name was Wayne. And Wayne would, would put these signs in the windows of this building, this 112-year-old building that was a former, ironically, a former school building. That is very ironic to think the life of children there and now it's a building or it was a building to take away the life of children. There was a man, Bob Brady, passed away not too long ago. A wonderful, wonderful man. He actually went to school in this building. Mm -hmm. He told me a story that when he was in the yard, the schoolyard here playing at recess, when they heard that we, they heard of Pearl Harbor. They, on December 7th, 1941, he was in the lawn there in front of this building. So this, this building had these multiple lives you know, this, this quite remar- wonderful one that it was originally for, this school building in the middle of Rockford, um, when, when Rockford had kind of had this vibrant history. And now, in the decay of Rockford, it's this, this kind of place of death, this place of darkness. And so it had this just strange history. And all of this drew me, this, these, this remarkable presence of people of faith, which I just had never seen. I was never around people like this. This, this drew me in. The hideous kind of obscenity of the building and the actions of the people who were in charge of stewards of this building and, and, and the activities inside. I, I knew, I'm like, I have to write this. My background's in English, I teach writing, you know, I knew I could do this. So uh, at least I could start writing things down. And as I did, I noticed that like, I basically was writing these, these journal entries, but they were structured like essays this accumulation of essays eventually became this book. Well, I think you did a great job bringing about the humanity of all the different parties involved. I mean, you really color them. They're real people, but the scenarios, I just looking at the cover of this book, when I got it, I heard about it from one of your former students, uh, Savannah. And uh, Hi, Savannah. <laughs> she's a superstar pro-life girl, and uh, she said her teacher was writing a pro-life book, or he had done it, and I should check it out. I got it. I'm looking at the book, and it's a picture of the the old school, which was the former abortion clinic, and it's just so sinister, and it's ominous, and it's like, ooh, what is this? And then you have these signs, these pictures of the some, just a few of the signs that this man wrote, and each one of these signs on the cover is a little story in itself, and it's I think they represent the threats that the abortion side was really threatened by the pro-life presence. What you said there I think is worth following up on. I think a lot of people, maybe I was one of these people too, who we know in our hearts, we know from the time we can put coherent thoughts together at three years old, four years old, that you shouldn't kill a baby. We, we don't have to have that explained to us. We actually have to grow, kind of grow up and be indoctrinated into choice and abortion and the politics and ideologies that 
degrade women and steal this wonderful, wonderful gift from them that tells us we're not strong enough, that we're not loving enough, that there's not enough in the world and in our hearts to raise a baby, which is just a lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like the worst lie. Children, they know this. It's really simple. And when we just go out there, like you don't know how to handle it. If you've never been to a clinic and you want to go, and the question I get most of the time, because I sidewalk counsel now, so I, I go to the Planned Parenthood in Aurora, um, you know, uh, most Fridays, and I sidewalk counsel there, and people come up and like, what do people do here? And I'm like, you know, just be here. Pray. But most of all, be here, because your, your presence here makes it clear to people that this is not okay. That's one of the most powerful things we can do. We, inv- we invoke God's help, and he uses us to just immediately convey this message, message that this is not right. Um, and, um, but it, as far as the, the, the signs on there, so I'm, I'm going to read a few of, uh, from the, that I put on just on the cover. So the first one, exorcism removes demons. Another one, save your mother from the wrath of God. Um, another one, abortion removes parasites. I should, I should repeat that one. Abortion removes parasites. Um, and this last one, NYWIC, Northern Illinois Women's Center, NYWIC, 50,000. JC, Jesus Christ, 50. Um, remember when they used to, McDonald's used to put up those marquees that had the numbers sure. of how many burgers they sold? Mm-hmm. I saw, like, this always struck me as kind of this perverse McDonald's marquee that they're bragging about how many human beings they've slaughtered at this place by the way for money we got to remember this is not an ideology this is a business it's actually happening right what i found unusual about one of the main characters wayne if i understand this correctly he's just the landlord he's not invested in this you know there's many landlords out there who are silent they have no action or care for what business is being run on their property but there's something about you know this abortion clinic, this man that it he's he's well fitted for this with the degradation of women that happens there. How he de- degrades women with these signs. Um, can you tell us a little more about uh, some of your situations with with Wayne, with Wayne and the pro-abortion sure. side, and just how it's it's almost a battle of good and evil. We know it's you know it's abortion is demonic, and it's a real battle between good and evil right on that in in front of that clinic yeah there's actually a lot i can say i'd like to i want to i want to read this and these are these are actually signs i don't have in the book but they're they were taken at their picture right through the window and these signs were put in the window it's important to understand for everyone to see so wayne the landlord and the person who's hired to do so-called security um, would put these signs in the windows, and all the clients could see. So the women coming for abortions I in the family. Can't even imagine that. If if these people stopped in the park in the driveway with their cars to talk to one of the um, sidewalk counselors, who who by the way are telling them about free help, who are telling them about people who will help them all the way through a pregnancy and beyond that. I can't tell you how many times I still get emails. 
or I'm contacted by people from the Rockford Pro-Life Initiative, that the people that were organized out there that I became part of, part of that family, asking for help because someone we helped 15, 20 years ago, now they, you know, somebody lost their job and they can't pay an electric bill. And so, you know, and, and literally in minutes, hundreds of dollars, like, don't come here, but now it's your problem. It's like people I know have photo albums full of people that they've helped babies, mothers, families, by the way, and generations of those. Killing one human being means taking out generations. Absolutely. And so this, I'll put this out there for a second. These are signs. The suicide of your father is all your fault. God killed your father for your lies and harassing women. God loves you so much, he's letting you rot away. So these were signs put out by Wayne Webster targeted at one of the people on the sidewalk. So one of the witnesses like me, this was very personal for him. He, he, he reminded me of somebody who was jilted. Yes. Who had this bitterness that he can't, can't get rid of. You know, he can't shake this bitterness. There's a, there's a pathetic quality to him. You know, it's easy to just dislike him or be angry at him, but there's also this weird feeling sorry for him. We're going to take a break now, but we'll be right. He's blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MAT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I I believe Catholic Radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way, and it's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. And welcome back to WSFI Catholic Radio. I am Stephanie Hanlon, the guest host. I'm with Right to Life McHenry County, speaking with Mark Waters, author of Signs from a Peculiar Institution, and it is very peculiar. Before the break, we were discussing Wayne, the landlord of the old abortion clinic. I mean, you had mentioned how it's very personal to him, the attacks with these signs. One thing I wanted to point out that gave me chills when I read this was 
in one of the earlier chapters in your book, you mentioned, or he mentions, I believe it was to you, about how the Supreme Court justices, there's so many Catholics, and they can't even overturn this Roe v. Wade. And I think at the time you might have been a little bit like, oh, I wish I had said the right words to say. But then some time had passed, and you, that was brought up again in conversation with Wayne. And what you said to him was, Wayne, you can stop this. You can close these doors. He was the landlord. And as I read a little bit further along about Wayne, it's maybe you could tell us a little bit more how this was personal with the way he did these attacks. Yes. Wow. He had something against the Catholic. It's basically a two. I think a two-part answer. One is his animosity towards the church, mm-hmm. and secondly is his animosity towards individuals from the church who are out here now witnessing um, for life, right? And what what his the full measure of his issue with the church is generally, um, I don't have a whole lot of insight to. Um, you know, Wayne was kind of this interesting mystery. He would show up a lot. He was a constant presence there, uh, and you people had heard bits and pieces about his life. And then there was one day where. I get there, and usually I was one of the first people, if not the first person, to show up at the clinic, and, and which was a little daunting, you know. I mean, this is like a really rough neighborhood. I mean, literally across the street. Never had seen this before in my life, but prostitutes would approach cars. Wow. So we're, you know, it's pawn shops and title loan offices, you know. So, you know... It, it could get it, it could be rough there so I'm, I walk up and I see Wayne out and it's still twilight and there's a, a man with him talking and later on I had an occasion to go up to this gentleman because I found out okay he's not a friend of he's not with Wayne he was there for 40 days for life and so we introduced ourselves and we got talking well it turns out this guy kind of knew Wayne from his former life he used to Wayne was a, um, a owned used car lots um, and so this this man used to sell him kind of forms that he would use in the sale of those cars and he knew him pretty well so he started rattling off this information and i just i know it's tough to think now but i actually was very quiet and i just listened to him talk and you know wayne had married a woman who was a former nun and then she and you know she ended up leaving him and I'm certain that if if he didn't have a problem with the church before that, he might have had a problem with it afterwards. Maybe she had a problem with the church as well, and and that's why she left or some issue. And so um, there was that. He he knew we were mostly Catholic. I mean, he would he would put signs up mocking Catholics all the time, and not not everybody out there was Catholic. You know, it's it's really as Eric Scheidler once kind of put it, it's really becoming. Um, just this, there's a great Christian ethos Absolutely. outside of abortion clinics. You know, like most of the people, or a lot of the people um, who counsel in Aurora, they're not Catholic, but they're the most faithful Christians I can imagine, you know. And so, but Wayne would, I, one one individual he particularly had an issue with uh, was named Bill. 
and Bill is the guy who used the stilts. Oh, I love this. Bill, yeah, so I, in the book, I refer to him as Bill on stilts <laughs> because there was a 10-foot privacy fence around the parking lot, and so you could barely see anybody coming in to kind of talk to them and try to encourage them to do something to trust us and to, to, to receive help and just to talk and s maybe take a minute. And Bill had a megaphone. He'd be on these stilts and he'd talk over the fence. Well, Bill, was, who was quite wonderful and compassionate with these people going in, he was very, very direct and admonishing Wayne every opportunity he got. And Wayne just did not take this well. And, and Wayne put up some quite profane and obscene signs about that were very personal about Bill um, and uh, Bill's wife and I mean it looked like something you'd read inside of the uh, stall of a bathroom in a high school you know mm. and so uh, he put up things about uh, there was one sign said who's the who's the HIV positive teacher at St. Bernadette school well I, I used to see this all the time and I was like who what is that what does that even like it made no sense it didn't make abortion sense. It didn't make, certainly didn't make any medical sense, this being a medical facility. But um, I couldn't get my head around it. And then one day in talking to Kevin, he brought the sign up. And he said, you know, he pointed it out. And he said, you know, he's referring to me. And, and Kevin, who, like I'm 50. At the time, I was about 40. And Kevin's probably close to 10 years, probably older than me, maybe seven, eight years older than me. And he has hemophilia. Mm -hmm. And so um, he, that it was in the course of him telling me that, which all this is in the book, but it was in the course of him telling me that, that the HIV part got brought up and then he pointed out the sign. This is a man who's, who's, you know, who's, who's, putting in these signs these things that couldn't be more hurtful and the and understand the doctors who own the clinic who and the employees that work in that clinic they accept this they hire this person to do this this is not some rogue individual who's doing whatever they want and the doctors are at his mercy the doctors are his bosses and they're very chummy hmm. and so you know this was part and parcel of what was going on inside of this so-called health care of this this women's right i mean this was this whole experience was designed to degrade people to and basically to discourage them absolutely what i find interesting about this book as much as there's the just the natural doom and gloom of, of an abortion clinic the way you've written this with the stories behind each of these signs it's just at times comical because it is so bizarre it's so peculiar and one of my favorite parts of this book is the, uh, Friday the 13th the chainsaw massacre could you tell us a little bit about that I mean just there's just so many odd incidents that happen that you know people who just go to pray outside an abortion clinic don't get to hear tell us about these I mean they're bizarre yeah you know that that <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a an essay in here in one of the chapters called Rockford Chainsaw Massacre, and the massacre, of course, is you know is a reference to the the famous movie, the, the iconic movie now from the uh, 70s. But the massacre, sadly, 
here in Rockford is a, is a quite real one. Well, it's it's yeah. not a it's not a fictive one. But the absurdity, the, and and you're always kind of torn as your your question kind of like points out. There's this tension between this reality that's always there and the kind of absurd hijinks that mm-hmm. are going on outside. Good word for it. Yeah. So th- this it starts it, with the radio. Remember the the radio. It, yeah. There there was one point where. Um, Wayne had a PA system, so he decided one day he was going to take one of the local radio broadcasts and just blast it as loud as he could. Um, and it's like, if the police tell him to turn it down, I guess they'll tell him, but he's just going to blast it so that we couldn't talk to anybody, right? I mean... Those uh, techniques. Yes. The strategizing so of it all. There's we, a lot of strategy. Right. I mean, the Planned Parenthood in Aurora does the same thing. Yeah, the they jazz. Pipe, they the pipe music, mm-hmm. yeah. Really strange mind-numbing music but um here he he was piping music out well kevin (laughs) kevin called the radio station he said hey i I hope you know that your broadcast is being piped out at this abortion clinic so that the the radio host got on the air and he just started he just started chanting god bless pro-lifers god bless pro-lifers and wayne it was like i mean the only way i could describe it was it was like he was being swarmed by bees and he just i didn't even get it he just kept swiping his head and he ran in finally turned the 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 pa off um but he didn't did he didn't he keep it going no here's what he did no he he did he did eventually turn it off and but he was not done with his running interference so he went in and he grabbed the the next best thing which was a chainsaw that's what like i would do 18 inch <laughs> chainsaw this huge chainsaw he put it on the ground uh, on his driveway very close to the sidewalk and he started it and he just kept revving it and revving it and revving it and revving it finally he had he, it over his head too at one point yeah yeah there was uh, i think so you Can know you imagine I, driving by and seeing this star uh, you never you can't make it up no it's it's, it's strange and then tell us about the hippie boyfriend. So there was uh, Karen was the alderman in that neighborhood, and she was rabidly pro-choice. You know, when I say that, I mean the, with the hostility, with like venomous kind of just cantankerous bitterness towards any contrary thinking. Her boyfriend, he had his flip-flops on. It was a summer day, and he's dude, he was so angry. He's started shouting at people. Too, wasn't he? He's got his coffee. There's cars parked, and he he goes up to one of the people that was filming him at this point, and he licked his camera lens. That is like a lizard. And then he then he ran, right? And all of a sudden, a cop pulls up because police had been called about noise because there's always complaints about noise, and they the police are brought in to distract. You know, police are called constantly by Wayne, or to usually to just to distract. And so, the guy tried to make a run for it when he did that, and the cop cut him off. And and then he just all of a sudden started saying, "Well, he did this, he did this." It's like it's like you're in grade school. Yeah, that was one of the stranger days. But there were a lot of hijinks like that. Yes, one thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about was on the cover. There's a faint image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and that plays a special role in this book. Could you tell us a little bit about that? There's actually a Marian prophecy of this clinic closing, and it's described in the book. And basically how it, how it goes is an image, a photo image, an exact photo replica, and, and there's five sanctioned photo replicas of Our Lady of Guadalupe of the Tilma. And one of them happened to be in the area, and actually in Wonder Lake, 
it was uh, kind of making rounds out there and the steward of this replica wanted to take it to a late-term abortion clinic in Chicago but as she said our Blessed Mother wanted to go to Rockford and she told this story actually to my wife the day after she went and this Phototilma had actually closed abortion clinics before and wow yeah there are people who have you know held stethoscopes up to the womb on this phototilma and heard heartbeats and so she told my wife yeah we went out there it was a Wednesday we went out there and that clinic is going to close in a week that's fantastic it did it never reopened and by the way the Illinois Department of Public Health was going to allow it to reopen. There was a hearing that I was at, and the judge allowed this clinic to reopen, but God didn't. Divine intervention. And our, our Blessed Mother. And this, by the way, that, that image on the back of the, is the image of, it's a picture of that photo, Tilma. Uh, well, that's all the time we have for this. Um, I wish we had more. If you're interested in getting the book, it's available on Amazon. It's Signs from a Peculiar Institution by Mark Waters. I'm Stephanie Hanlon from Right to Life McHenry County and I'm with Mark Waters. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.